The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Mastering your emotions so you can be a safe space for the feminine mm, is yes. actually, to me, the art of masculinity. So I would think it means two things to me. One, it's always like in the eye of the beholder. So realize that it's okay to have a different view than somebody else. Two, it's always being created and recreated. Uh, I, I think it means an openness to growth, an openness to learning, an openness to looking at what is masculinity in me and having curiosity about what parts are serving me and what parts maybe aren't serving me so well anymore. And so the art of masculinity is truly that. If you can master being a lion and a lamb, you've mastered masculinity. The art of masculinity to me means knowing how to gracefully dance between both the feminine flow and the structure of the masculine. This is The Art of Masculinity with your host, Johnny Elsassen. Hey everyone, today's guest is Lance Essios, and he is the host of the University of Adversity podcast. He created the podcast to help people learn from stories of adversity, which is ranked top 50 on iTunes worldwide, top five in Entrepreneur Magazine's 20 podcasts that will help you grow in 2020 list, and top 20 in Business Insider's top 21 podcast to expand your mind in 2021. He is an amazing human being who, through recent introductions has become a close friend and I'm super excited to absolutely have him on this podcast and share with you guys the stories and trials and tribulations that he has gone through in his life. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode and I will see y'all around the corner. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Art of Masculinity. Today we have my good friend Lance let me see if I can do this. Essie host? Close, close. It's good. It's good. That's a good first try. It's <laughs> funny to see how many times, like just my whole life, how it's been pronounced so many different ways. So it's almost like people are like, oh, say it the right way. I'm like, don't even worry about it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, dude. I get the same thing with my name. I've heard it so many different ways. I don't even, I'm like, whatever, man. Just as long as uh, I get whatever I'm going for here. So how do you say it though? Properly. ECOs, ECOs, but you did a great job. We just don't ECOs. pronounce the H as much. Um, but yeah, no, it's, okay. that was, that was a really good job. So you're, you're actually from Canada. Is it, is that, is that Greek? Yeah, it's Greek. My last name's Greek. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My, uh, great grandparents came from Greece. Well, I'm I'm a I'm a European mix, so they came from kind of all over the place. Okay, yeah, like I think that's most of us, right? In the United yeah. States, we're just like European mutts, at least like yeah. you know of the Caucasian, and then even in Canada. But yeah, uh, you guys colonized by the French, like all that stuff. So yeah, very interesting. Exactly. 
Yeah, man. Well, cool, brother. I'm glad to have you on the show, man. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, so you are the host of an amazing podcast yourself called the University of Adversity. You're founder of Miked Up Podcast Productions, and you're an author of a book, man. Uh, it's kind of like, what don't you do, right? And it's uh, your book is called Mastering Adversity, which you're going to be releasing this spring. Is that still on target, my friend? Yeah, man. It's uh, We're looking at end of May, but we may be pushed back a little bit, but we're looking for end of spring. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's It's been a okay. process, man. It's been great. What a journey. <laughs> that's, that's awesome, brother. I can't wait till that comes out and I can't wait to read it. I, I'm working on a book too. I actually, you know, offline, I'm going to have to pick your brain on the process that you guys are doing to get all that stuff together and launched out, man. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's, it's been good, man. And no, I appreciate that. And I love, you know, what you're doing with this show, you know, the art of masculinity, because man, like it's being lost and we need it, man. We need to figure out like how we bring that back, you know, from, from a, you know, like where it went wrong and, you know, how do we, what does that even mean? You know, it's just like such an important topic, bro. So thank you for having yeah. this show and, you know, addressing a topic that is so important, especially right now. Yeah, brother. I appreciate that, man. And I know you're going to have like a great ton of insight for guys today on the show. So I'm super excited. Uh, one of the things that I always put everybody through is the manly round. So uh, we're going to get through that. So the community can get to know you a little better and then we will dive into masculinity, my friend. Sure. Let's do it. Awesome, brother. What is your spirit animal and why? My spirit animal. You know, it's interesting because I feel like I have the heart of a lion. But, you know, I've also seen, I've had different weird synchronicities come with deer like the, there's, there's, mm. I think there's a certain, there's this certain aspect that I have. I do have a big open heart and I trust people. And I, I think that aspect of it, you know, it's kind of weird because I've seen that animal pop up a lot, a deer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's been different animals like I, but yeah, man, I don't know. It's a great question to start off with. Cause I don't really know, but that is the one that I have seen. And I've kind of try to unpack like what it even means. But I would say it was probably because, you know, of my, my nature, my, my ability to, to kind of like open up a and, and let people in. So yeah, what a great question. Yeah. I love that. Not many people have picked the deer, but I know there's significant um, sy symbolism for the deer in, uh, in like first nations people, you know, mm -hmm. um, like American Indian first nations type people. So that's something to dive into brother. Cause I know they have a pretty significant meaning for it. And there's all kinds of underlying tones to the deer. I just don't know them off the top of my head. Yeah. Well, maybe something for you to look into if that's actually venturing into your life. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, man, how these, these animals come into our consciousness and, you know, I don't really understand the deeper meaning of some of it. You know, because we see these animals, mm -hmm. but we don't really know, you know, why they're here or what they're 
what the reasoning for being here is. And I feel like, yeah, it's, it can go pretty deep. So it's definitely, it's something that I want to look into more and it's definitely got my, uh, my mind already working from that question. <laughs> I love it, man. It's, it's so wild too, because like when these animals come into our purview, a lot of times we, we like, it's not an animal we think about regularly. It's just really weird. And they start to interact with our lives, whether subconsciously or even in the physical form, it's so crazy, like what that connection is between the life forms, you know? Yeah, it really is. And I think I don't even, we just don't have that understanding. And it's so interesting because so much of that, that spiritual connection to the land, you know, that indigenous tribes that they had, there's just so much more knowledge in, you know, before our time. And I feel like because of the way our programming is, it's like we're just in the system and we didn't get to learn all of the different things around nature and around, you know, around, you know, the, the reason for these animals and like what they've done. And, and I don't know, man, it's like, it's such a, it's such an interesting thing to think about because it's not something that we really talk about. You know, we don't really dive into um, that spiritual aspect of these animals and how they, you know, how they shape us and how they have shaped us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, brother. Oh, I love that, man. Starting off with some fire. I haven't thought about that either. And when you started having those questions, it like really brought that up for me too, as far as like, wow, like we, we don't realize the impact of this. And there's obviously some connectivity there um, at some level that's, you know, way beyond us and kind of way beyond our, our understanding, at least right now. And maybe it was in ancient cultures, a lot more tied to it because they lived in symbiosis with those creatures, as opposed to now we're like extremely separated. So mm. I love that, man. All right, let's get you to your next question. What song, whenever you hear it, no matter where you are, like, even if you're just in a crowd of people, what song, whenever you hear it, do you absolutely just have to start singing along with? Man, what song do I sing if it comes on? No matter where you are. I don't know why this fucking weird song just came into my head, but I got to say it. <laughs> it's, gonna, it's such a ridiculous song. I just thought about Macarena. I don't know why that stupid song came into my head. Oh my but, God. But dude. if you hear it, how do you not sing that fucking song? <laughs> yeah. It's like one of those ones you hate to have to sing. I though. hate it. I hate it. Why did that song come up out of all songs? Oh like, man. You got to trust the intuition, right? Later I'm going to go, man, that was a stupid song to think about, man. And I'll be like, Oh, I should have said this one. What's yours. Um, man, that's it, even for me, it, it's hard because there's so many that I, that I like, I like old school. I like rap. Like I, I like like a lot of the new stuff. I would say like, when I hear that question asked to me, it's gotta be, um, uh, it's gotta be either journey. Um, Oh yeah. Fuck. It's a great, or, song. uh, like sweet child of mine, uh, is always a great one. Uh, welcome to the jungle. Those are all mm. great, great ones by guns and roses. Like, the Eagles, if I ever hear um, Hotel California, 
Uh, it's just like, there's so many that I just like, have, yeah. and, and I will start singing them in public. Like I will start singing them. It's not like a thing where I'm just saying that I love the, that music though. Yeah, man. Me too. I mean, I grew up with hockey. Like we, you know, ACDC, um, Metallica, like any of those songs. Yeah, man. I don't know. Like there's so many, but those classic 80s songs too, like don't stop Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's like you hear at a dive bar when it's closing down at the end of the night, it's the best. There's like those classics, man, that there's so many that I sing to for sure. I mean, I probably sing to them yeah. at the gym when they're on, you know, <laughs> like, yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, and, That's and hilarious. for me, for me, like, don't stop believing. I was, I grew up a Red Wings fan. You have to sing that if you hear it. They play it literally at the end of every Red, uh, Red Wings game. And so, like, that's one that's just ingrained in me. When it comes on, I have to, like, uh, I have to bust out singing it because, I, you know, I just grew up watching them play my whole life. And it's just, and I've been to a few games. It's awesome, man. Um, so, yeah, those classic 80s are hard for me to pass up singing yeah. along with for sure. Dude, that's, Yeah. Being elite or being a Red Wings fan. Wow. Yeah. I'm an Oilers fan. So, uh, oh, you guys, man. <laughs> man, you guys just won for so many years in Detroit. Like, it's crazy. Like, having yeah, Stevie but- Y and, and Shanahan and all those guys, like, what an era, man. What a, I have a buddy that's from around there too. And it's just, I mean, it's hockey town, right? Like, what, what a great, yeah. what a great team. I love it, man. We're, we're in some hard, we're in some hardships right now. And I trust Stevie Y to turn it around, but you got, you guys up in Edmonton, man, you guys got Connor McJesus up there and, uh, Leon Dreisaitl and you guys have such an amazing roster. It's just a matter of time before you guys can get something together and make a run for a few years, man. You guys are, they got to shore up that defense. Yeah. It's, it's been painful because, you know, I've had to listen to the haters for so many years because we have had a lot of number one draft picks, right? Like we've had a lot. Like there's eight. really like eight. <laughs> there's really no reason why. And I started to wonder, I'm like, man, it's gotta be the ownership. It's there's gotta be some sort of energy. That's just, I don't understand it, man, because even this year we we're doing well, we were like nine and oh or something ridiculous. And then we lost like, I don't know how many row. And now we're starting to play well, but it's like, every year it's the same thing. And I'm like, why does this keep happening every single year? Like it's yeah, at least you I, guys I, in Detroit, well, at least you guys, you guys are going to, you know, you guys will have a great team. Stevie Wilde will turn it around. And before you know it, you'll be in the finals again for 10 years straight, 20 years straight. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it, it's interesting. Cause like, I just don't think Edmonton has invested enough time in their defense like if you look at all their yeah. number one draft picks, we're going, well, apparently we're going to turn this into a hockey podcast. No, but if you look at all their number one draft picks, the majority of the time went for forwards, like Nail Yakupov, Nugent Hopkins, yeah. Taylor Hall, like all these dudes, uh, Connor, Connor um, McDavid, you got Leon Dreisaitl, but you never saw them commit to defense. And right now they, I thought they did a great job with Mike Smith. He's posted great numbers there, but he's been in and out of the roster all season yeah. in goal and that's been, in my opinion, that's where Edmonton's vulnerabilities are is that defense. When they finally got the goalie, they still need to get a good defense in front of them, which I think they're on the right trend. Kenny Holland's doing a great job up there, in my opinion. But that's the, that's why. I just don't think they ever put that as a priority. And you guys have all the firepower in the NHL, but it's like you can't stop the other team from scoring. 
that yeah. doesn't help you too much. Yeah, man, so, absolutely. Hopefully make it this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, brother. If you were a DJ, what would your DJ name be? <laughs> These questions. Holy shit. Um, holy shit, man. DJ. There's like a pause there. How long do people take to answer these questions? Fuck, I could sit here all day. Some, some people, some people get them really fast. If we, if we go too long, we'll just put a pin yeah. in it. And we can either come back. Let's put a pin. Later put a pin in it. Sorry, it. guys. Man, yeah. uh, that's all right. That's all right. All right. What is something that no matter who does it, even if let's say Wayne Gretzky did it, no matter who does it on the planet, what is an action that everybody just looks ridiculous doing? Holy shit, bro. This is making my brain think in different ways. I like it. Um, I would say uh, yawning. It's a weird action. Agreed. It's a weird action. Agreed. What would you say? Yeah, it's super. I, I would agree with yawn. I mean, there's so I've heard so many that are like incredibly good on the show, and I'd have to agree with a lot of them. Yawning is definitely a good one. There's no way you just look good yawning. That's why you cover your mouth when you yawn. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't cover your mouth, it's just like this, you know, gaping hole. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> yawning definitely has got to be up there. That. There's just no way anybody pulls that off and looks good doing it. And then it's, it's like an involuntary action, right? So or people's sex <laughs> face, people's sex face is always funny too. The concentration yeah. face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love it. All right. Your last one. If you could pull a prank on anybody on the planet, like any well-known person, right? So we all have to kind of know who this person is. If you could pull a prank on somebody who would the prank be on? And it could be somebody who's dead. Like you can go back in time. You have that Does flexibility it have to be a nice in this prank world. Or can it be kind of a mean prank? Oh, you can pull whatever prank you want on well, it. I don't I care. definitely I just want to pull it on our, 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 uh, our leader of Canada, Justin Trudeau. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That communist fucking Holy guy, man. Crap, yeah. Dude. I would love, I would love to just inconvenience him in some way. You know, just, just as a joke. Like parking a truck in Ottawa and honking horns. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, you know, one of the things we used to do, we'd, uh, for the rookies on the hockey team back in the day, we'd saran wrap their car. <laughs> oh, saran wrap that's the door. so good. And then put oil or like jelly all over it and then throw shit on top of it. <laughs> you couldn't even open the door. <laughs> Oh, that's actually really good. Yeah. I had it done to me too when I was a rookie. So yeah. that, was, uh, that was fun. Go out to the door. You can't oh. even open it. You're like, oh, okay. I see. Great. That's so <laughs> fucked. Oh my God, dude. It was so yeah. funny. Yeah. Well, well, I love that one. I agree with that prank. Um, I don't know if it would be a prank or just a deliberate you know, uh, whatever deliberate action to make his life miserable. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> just, yeah. Some sort of like, in, just a, a, an inconvenience. That's funny. That's just like, you know, whatever. It's just, you know, because yeah, it's crazy. And I mean, 
yeah, well, we can, we can get into that, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably, I would just love to, he's, there's been a lot of inconveniences in people's lives. So I'd like to have a little fun inconvenience in his. So, yeah. Oh, I agree with that. I agree with that. Well, cool, brother. That was the manly round. You did, uh, you didn't, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You did an okay job today, Lance. Uh, yeah. I love, I love you, brother. We got some work on you. That was fucking, that was fucking very below average for sure. For sure. I got to really brush oh, up on my, my, my DJ name skills and that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. Like the, the really, uh, the really innocuous, uh, questions that you randomly will get that have no value to life. Uh, that's you got to brush up on those, bro. <laughs> yeah. I know it's crazy. We get so wrapped up in this, like, you know, having these like, cra- t- you know, go- talking about serious shit and like, we gotta have, we gotta be able to, you know, think about stuff like that too. Right. It's important. You know, it's important yeah, to use a part of our brain. Absolutely, man. It's super important. Like that muscle, we need to flex more. I think, and I mean, we can even start here because um, I do want you to fill in a little bit of like what brought you to what you're doing today. Yeah. But even just starting with, uh, even with starting with just like masculinity and not having fun, right? Like guys are so serious, right? Yeah. Everything's such a fucking like serious thing today. What What are your thoughts on that, brother? Yeah. Dude, that's the thing. I think we're missing that playfulness. And I think that is a big piece of what gets lost is I think we, we think as men, we're supposed to be these hard asses all the time without showing any, like if it's weakness to laugh, it's weakness to show any like emotion or whatever. And it's like, I don't think so, man. I think you know, even the most tapped in spiritual people or whatever, it's, it's, they are the least serious. They are the, they are the least there. They have this playful nature about them that everything will work out. And I think as, as much as we have to be on the attack and ready to defend and, and, you know, have that real dominant um, masculine part, we also have to have room to, to fuck around. And to be, to joke around and have fun. And, and because I think it makes us better at what we need to do. You know, yeah. it makes us better at our craft. It makes us better at whatever we need to do when we step up. But it's important to take that time and play and joke around and, and whatever that is. And I think it gets missed. I think it gets like mistaken for weakness, right? Like mm. if you, if you joke around then you're, then you're not taking your job serious or you're not taking your life serious. But if you show in this, it's like a George, it's like George Costanza episode in Seinfeld. It's like, he shows, he's got this like frown, like, Oh, I'm busting my hump all day over these reports or Kramer or whatever. And then it's like, Oh, you're really working hard. Good job. You're really doing it today. Really working hard. And it's like, it's a fucking, it's, it's a facade. It's, it doesn't mean anything. Right. If you show that you're angry all the time, it doesn't make you any tougher or any more masculine. Right. So I think it's a great it's it's a great point to really have help people understand, like it's important to have that playful, relaxed nature and joke around and, and shoot the shit and have fun because it only helps you. It only makes you better mm-hmm. at what you do. Yeah. And, and, you know, you came from a very manly environment in hockey and you guys are some of the biggest fucking pranksters out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the hockey world is crazy, man. Like some of the shit, 
you know, there's definitely a lot. There's almost probably too much of that, too much joking around, too much fucking around. <laughs> not enough, not enough discipline, which is, which is uh, why, but... you know, which is why I didn't make it. That's for sure. I, I almost needed more discipline, but yeah, I think mm. it's just such a balance of, of, of discipline and, and, and play and fun and, um, just light, light heartedness too, man. Like not everything has to be so serious, right? Like yeah. not everything is, 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 you know, and it's, it's a, I think it's a big missing piece and it's a great, it's a great thing to talk about, you know, how, how do you think, what's your, what's your, maybe, um, what's a thought on how you think men can kind of open up that side to them if they are blocking that? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, there's, there's the masculine and the feminine, right. In, in all of us. And I think, you know, things like meditation, journaling, yoga, you know, re- being able to receive, like getting, getting into the ability to like, to pause and slow down and, you know, tap into your intuition and really, you know, take the time to do like create art, shit like that, you know, like, like this, this is a form of art, you know, writing. Um, I don't know, whatever, like poetry. There's a lot of, there's a lot of cool shit that you can do that can kind of like soften up those edges that don't need to be so fucking sharp all the time. You know, it's not, it's not to make you more weak. It's just to make you more of a well-rounded human, you know? And I think Mm -hmm. for me, what I've noticed in my life, I talk about this in my book too, with the concept of the warrior is like, you know, we, like we, like I just said earlier, the more you do things like this, the more you do these activities that allow you to be more present and slow down and reflect and contemplate the better you're going to be when you need to hold the line or you need to like, you know, you need to go on the attack or you need to be, you need to drive your business or you need to do this or that, you know, that real dominant masculine aspect. It's so important, but I think the more that we can do things like that connects to our creativity, the more we can do things that slow down, connect ourselves to our bodies it just makes the whole, the human, a more well-rounded person. And, you know, being able to share your truth and share in vulnerable conversation, that's strength. Like that is, that is strength. And it takes a lot of guts to go and be able to have a, a deep conversation and share that with people because that is what's going to help a lot of people and give people permission to do what they need to do. And I think when growing up in hockey, I noticed it was just, there was no, there was no talk about any sort of anything, but you're this, you, you have to just fight through this and you have to, there's no showing any emotion. If you are, you're a pussy and, 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 and that's that. And look, there's a certain amount of, drive you have to have as an athlete i'm not saying go out there and start crying that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying that like there's a lot of shit mentally that doesn't really get unpacked when you're when you're a teenager or when you're a young man trying to become an athlete there's a lot of shit that could be useful at helping you you know really get your mind and your body more aligned so that you can you can focus on what you need to do there wasn't any talk about that 
It was just mm-hmm. do this, either you make it or you're going to be a bum. Like there's no like, hey, this is going to help you no matter what happens. There's going to be opportunities for you. So don't get too fixed on the end result. Just understand that this is a great opportunity for you and you have a very small margin of error. And if it doesn't work out, you're still going to get other opportunities. And I just wish that when I was growing up and if I'm ever a coach in hockey, which I love to be, is that there's more individual attention on the human itself and really helping them you know, pull out the best qualities of them so that they become a better athlete. Because I think if you just have one way, you teach everybody one way, people tune you out after a while. And it's important at like being able to really get into each player and get into these people and and really understand like what strings to pull, what to push and to bring the best out of them. And that's different for everybody. And, you know, I always use the sports analogy because that's what I knew. That's what I know. So yeah, man, I think, to to long answer to your question. I just, I just think it's such a lost thing. And I think that people being able to really explore those things that kind of slow them down and stop with the outward, everything, you know, with your senses and start going inward and start feeling some more of that shit and dealing with it can really help you in all areas of your life. Absolutely. That was a long answer to your question, but (laughs) That was really good. I loved it. And it was a great long answer to it. And it was actually perfect because it filled in um, some gaps there. I was having issues on my side. Your side was good. So we're good to go. Uh, So then we'll kick back in. So, you know, kind of you alluded to the hockey background and you alluded to a little bit of what you've come because, you know, your your podcast is University of Adversity. You're coming out with a book, Mastering Adversity. What is it in your life that you've gone through? Because I know this but I want you to share with the community, you know, what is some of the things that you've gone through in your life to come out this person that you are today? Number one, speaking to adversity, but also giving people tools and content that they can help them in their lives. Yeah. So, you know, everybody's gone through it and I'm not saying what I've gone through is any worse than anybody else, but you know, I felt called to that word. There was something about it. And when I looked at my story, you know, I, I, it, it was tough. My teen years growing up was tough. Um, there was a lot of shit that happened and, you know, into my, into my years with, you know, partying and, and drinking and doing a ton of drugs and life after sports, you know, I ended up losing my younger brother to suicide and my dad to cancer within like just over a year. There was a lot of different shit that, I mean, we can go to individually because each thing has its own story, but I also, you know, kind of flushed my hockey career down the toilet because I fucked around with steroids at a really stupid time. So Mm. there was, there was a lot of elements that happened, you know, there was, so there's areas where I can look at as far as, 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 as a hockey player, as a young man, as a bartender, you know, I worked in the bars and, and nightclubs and shit for years, which was like some of the darkest times, some of the funnest, but darkest. So a lot of the stuff was like almost self-inflicting adversity too, that I feel like I needed to go through. But, mm. you know, there was, there was a lot. And I, there was something about that word that I was drawn to. And I was really drawn to the thought of inspiration. You know, when I was in a dark time, 
you know, where I could have easily killed myself, some of the amount of alcohol and drugs that I was putting in my body, you know, partying in Australia. And there was just this time where I was like, I needed inspiration. And I really gravitated towards things that inspired me. I loved Tony Robbins. Something about the way he spoke was just like, holy shit, this is like speaking to me. And, you know, I started to read a little bit more, started to read a little bit more about, you know, spirituality and all this kind of stuff, man. But then, you know, I was drawn to this idea of being able to help people and to be able to have conversations that with people and unpack their stories and in hopes that it could help somebody, you know, because for years I spent time on the bar talking to hundreds of people, hundreds, if not like thousands, and there'd be unconscious conversation, but I was very, it's a, it's something that I feel like I was given is to be able to have a conversation and connect with people. I love it. It's like, it's, it's what gives me, it gets, gives me life is the, the connection, like connecting with you, connecting with great people and just being like, fuck, what a great guy. You know, what, mm-hmm. what, a, what, what a great chick, like what an awesome human. You know, I love that. And I got, I got addicted to that feeling, but it was such an unconscious environment in the bars. You know, like I would, there, there are these people coming with these facades and they're eyeing me up and judging me. And then by the end, they're high-fiving me and crying and telling me their story. And, you know, I was like, what if I could do this in a different way. And when I started my podcast, I was like, whoa, I just realized I'm doing the same thing, but in like a more like deliberate conscious way. And I just rolled with it, man. And, you know, like as I started to have these conversations around people's stories and what they're able to do and overcome to get to this level, I started to heal more. I started every time they would tell a story and I would talk. It was like, it was helping me. So it was very therapeutic. And I just, I felt just really called to that word. And, you know, the book for mastering adversity, I talk about how it's not, I don't say master adversity because I don't think we ever fully master it. I think it's a lifelong journey because every time you, you level up, the greater you get, the greater the challenges come. And it's like a mastering. It's like a process. And, you know, I just really wanted to show people, you know, what my journey was, all the shit, the different levels, the the different areas of life that I've been through and what I've learned from people that are a lot more successful than I am and give people Mm. a bit of a formula that hopefully resonates because, you know, I don't have the best vocabulary in the world. I didn't go to fucking universities. I swear a lot, but I feel like the way I speak can resonate and connect and relate with people. So that's what my, I, I hope that that's what it does. And I've, I've, I feel like up until this point, that's just kind of what I've rode with, you know, and it's, it's been helpful for me. And, you know, when you get feedback, as you probably get, when people reach out, be like, man, that re- that really impacted me or like somebody that you don't even know is listening. That's what, that's what fuels me. And you could probably agree with me, right? It's like, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's what like keeps you going. So yeah, there's been a lot, man. There's been a lot of crazy shit in my life, just like everybody's life. But hopefully the, the stuff that I talk about is relatable for people. So if they hear it, they're like, oh, I'm not alone here. You're just like me. I'm just like you. Okay. I'm not, by- people feel alone, right? So then if they know that they're not alone, then they're like, okay, I can just, I can get out of this. And then as soon as they make a new decision, 
then their life can change. Right. So mm. that's really, that's really what, yeah, it's because I created this because I needed this. So yeah, man. What, what gave you kind of that push to look at being more aware as opposed to continually staying within that life that you were in, um, continually yeah. staying with the same people and the same mindset. What was that push for you? Such a good question. And um, I always, you know, fuck, I always talk about this around. I always had this inner knowing that you're not supposed to be here, Lance. Like, this isn't your thing. Like, what are you doing? And like, I always was like, shut up, just drink, just shut up. Like, you know, to my, my, my higher self, my, my intuition has always spoke to me, man. It's one thing that mm. I talk about a lot is like, I've, I really believe we have this innate wisdom, this like, this knowing. And I always knew that what I was doing was wrong, but I was almost afraid, bro. I was almost afraid of what my potential was. Like, I was just like, mm. I'd rather play small so that if I get too big or I do this and I'll stand out and just all this nonsense. Right. And I didn't really notice it, bro. Until 2017, I quit drinking for a whole year. And then I was like, Oh shit. Okay. Mm. I see what's going on. I see it. I understand because I spent so many years digging myself out of holes all the time versus like building on foundation. And you know, I got so used to just like feeling good and then just feeling good and then just destroying myself and then feeling good again and then destroying myself. But when I went sober, you know, I didn't have those moments of, of, of sabotage. I was just like constantly building and I just started to feel better. I started to do, I started to read, I started to, you know, meditate, I started to journal and all of a sudden I started to feel different. And then I started to feel more tapped into myself you know, and, and started to really take an interest in what that was. Like, what is this connection? Like, what is this? And I was very like, Oh, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in any of that for so long, but it made me realize like how, how much more connected I am to God, to source, to that, you know? So, and whatever it is you believe in, that's fine. But, you know, for me, it was just like this, I don't know, this connection to myself and to like something greater that, it just kind of woke up a bit. And I was just, I started to, as I started to do more work inward, like the stuff that we were talking about, the better, the better I felt and like the less stressed I would get and the less I would, I would, I would freak out. And the less I would think in like a scarcity mindset, I was really growing up. That was like programmed into me was like just scraping by, you know, like finances were just money was just this like, it was a hard conversation to have, you know, it was like, so there was just a lot, bro. I just, I just think that I listened to the voice. I listened to the whisper and just, as I started to listen more, it started to get louder. And I'm a big believer that when you follow that, when you follow your intuition, you get rewarded with synchronicities, you get rewarded with opportunities and if you're sleeping, if you're constantly hung over every day, you miss those. Mm -hmm. And look, I've fallen off. I've started drinking again. I'm all, I haven't had a drink in about a month now, but it hasn't been a perfect process. But I know when I'm, when I'm clear, I pick up things better. And that was how a big, the big change happened for me is I think I just was paying attention to a lot of things 
in my environment that maybe would have been there before, but I didn't see it because I was in this fog all the time. So, yeah. How can, like, I know people hear this all the time. They hear intuition or instincts, right? But um, let me see if I can phrase this correctly. I want to know, because I know it's not a one size fit all, but what is it like for you to understand intuition or instinct above um, fear or ego? Like what's, what is it, what does that feel like to you? Maybe to give a point of reference for people. Mm, yeah. Yeah. As like what takes over, like, cause you have your ego and the fear versus like, what's the truth? Cause your truth is your heart, right? Your truth is your right. intuition. And <clears throat> here's the thing, man, is that I believe that the more you, you quiet down the noise, the more you get off your phone, the more you go into nature, the more you turn off all the external bullshit and you, you start to reflect, you go inward, you sit with yourself. And this is why, you know, I've done Dr. Joe's, Joe Dispenza's work. It's life-changing stuff, man. You go inward and you overcome yourself because there's so many people that haven't taken the time to sit with themselves. And then they wonder, they don't know, is this my gut feeling? Is this my intuition or is this fear? The better you get at tuning into yourself, reflecting on it in, your, in a journal, simple, basic stuff, the more you'll start to be able to separate the two. Mm. And because, <clears throat> yeah, it's noisy out there. It's noisy because people, you're either living in truth or you're living someone else's story. Mm -hmm. So as you know, social media is a clusterfuck of, of things. It's like, it's so easy to say, oh, well, they're doing it like that. So that's the way. And, and before you know it, you go down this crazy rabbit hole of ideas and doubt. And, and it's like, <clears throat> you just have to ask yourself, what's true to me? Like, what is true to me versus is that, is that somebody else? And I think the only way that we get better at that is doing things that slow down, that disconnect us from our senses and maybe tapping in more like intuition, art, creativity, playing music. That's intu That's your intuition speaking to you. That's your intuition coming out. And that's the problem is that not, not enough people are, are fine tuning that. They're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to do that because it doesn't make money. It's such a bullshit thing to say. Like if you got an interest in music, you got an interest in writing, fucking do it because you're going to, you're going to be able to connect. In, that's, what's going to save a lot of the world is people doing shit that they fucking love, man. Tapping mm -hmm. into that real, that, that, that real, cause we have it, we all have something, but we have mm -hmm. these stories like, don't do that because of this, or don't do that because of that. And I think it stops us from really exploring, exploring that. And the more you explore that by doing those things, the, 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 the more you can distinguish the two. So I have just, I really think, man, that a lot of people don't give themselves that time. Mm -hmm. So I would just recommend, you know, sit with yourself and you don't have to do Dr. Joe Dispenza, but fucking sit with yourself in the dark, in the silence for 20 minutes and then journal on it. Do that consistently for a while. See how you feel. Yeah. You it's know, like, uh, yeah. Just getting back into connection with who you truly are. 
Um, yeah. That's what I hear from you is that getting back into connection with that is going to allow you to understand when it's your truth speaking up or when it's uh, protection or fear or scarcity speaking up to, to maybe prevent you from getting uncomfortable, right? So I love that. Yeah, and I just want to say one more point around this is that usually that first initial impulse is the truth, mm. but we'll talk ourselves out of it. You know, like usually that's why I say, if you get like an inspirational thought, write it down, do something to make it real, like do something to, so that you can see it again, because immediately you're going to go, Oh no, there's too many of that. There's this, there's that, there's the other thing. And before you know it, you're allowing that to take over if, with everything. So yeah, man. Um, I think it's really, really important to act on that. And obviously not every single thing you can act on, but I think if it's something that really feels strong, there's a reason for that and tr tr mm. try to make it real before your ego talks yourself out of it. Oh, so good brother. And so kind of in, in this same conversation, I would say how, like, where is masculinity right now? The way you see it in the world today, masculinity is, is a loss of truth by men and who they are. Yeah. I just think there's, it's just so off balance. I just think you're either like, you're not masculine enough or you're, you're, you're like too much and you're overcompensating for like unhealed wounds and you're like trying to overcompensate by showing how tough you are and you know by being loud or you know whatever and i i think it's a balance man like you you look at people like leaders of the past and like you know i love the word i love warrior because i think the word warrior is so it's used in such a, a the wrong context because of movies, but like a true warrior is the perfect mask balance of masculine and feminine. It's it it is ready to attack and defend what's theirs. It's ready to stand up for truth, but it's also not making decisions emotionally on impulse. It's making it on your heart decision. You're making decision that comes from your heart, not just not by reaction. You know. And there's a lot more patience and compassion for people. There's a lot more, um, there, there's a lot more, I think there has to be more empathy and compassion for people. And it's hard sometimes, but I think that gets mistaken as being weak, but it's actually not right to a degree. I just think, right now with masculinity there's just it's either we're told how, people don't know how to be men like mm -hmm. people they they think you know so they're scared to do anything that's you know or you know i'm curious what are your thoughts like do you do you see it as come out of balance or what do you what do you think yeah that's i a mean great I, question i, I i think that realistically i think men are being positioned to an unachievable form of masculinity within society that doesn't resonate with everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's where I think a lot, a lot of inauthenticity is out there. You, you kind of alluded to it, these false alphas that run around and peacock out. 
Um, you see a lot of guys who, who are really shaming themselves because they're not some version of masculinity that's portrayed in movies and TV and everything else. And so then they go into shame spirals and guilt and depression. Um, and then you just see guys that are kind of aloof and, and disassociated because they know they can't meet the expectation of masculinity. They don't necessarily like it, but they also don't know how to own their truth. And so I think there's a combination of, of pieces with masculinity that remain unbalanced. Um, and part of that is because the old version of masculinity was also unbalanced in its effort to incorporate femininity. So there's a lot of pieces there, in my opinion, in society that's really deteriorated the version of masculinity in the world today. And then, you know, obviously then men are just being under attack by a very small group of individuals who have a very loud voice in the, in the media and that's causing more confusion as to what that means to be a man in society today. It's, it's, you know, it's a combination of all these things, in my opinion, that really kind of drive this wedge that we have right now. Yeah. Well said, man. Yeah. And I think the only way to fix it is just to do exactly what we're doing, have the conversation, the awareness, like, okay, something needs to be fixed here. Right. You know, de depending yeah. where you're at, you know, some people, some people, people are all in different positions and different um, stages. And I think it's the only way we change is just by having that awareness and having these conversations and, you know, figuring it out. Like, what do you need? Because not everybody needs the same thing, you know, and yeah. it's really important because we need we need that masculine. We need that strong, healthy masculine, man. Like it's fucking essential. Like, yeah. yeah. And I'm sure the women can agree too. Yeah. Right? yeah like, many, many women are out there wondering where men are, because again, it's not the majority that's, that's, um, causing problems in the masculinity realm. It's, it's the minority of women or or groups. It's not even just women. It's this minority, loud, obnoxious piece of shit community that is, is presenting a false flag of what masculinity is. They're, they're pervading masculinity um, in a way that is just not actually consistent with most men today. And so it's understanding that we have this ability to, to be that positive, that uh, healthy, aware, masculine in this world. And if we can just embrace that and share that. But I think the other pieces too, is like men like you coming out and talking, right? Like men like you saying, Hey, I've had shit. I struggle. Here's my story. This is what I'm doing. And this is how I've gotten past stuff. It gives guys permission to say, Oh fuck. Masculinity looks a little different. Lance is Lance is a little different from the other guys and look how much he's owning that masculinity. Look how much he's owning who he is. And so that, that permission I think is also what's going to help us move forward as men in the world today. What about what about you, man? Do you believe that? Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, man. I think we're all just looking for permission. I think everybody just needs a permission slip. It's crazy, man. When you think about it, you know, everybody's at a stage where it's like, is it okay for me to do this? Like is somebody, and not just with this, but just in like so many areas. Yes. And I've been guilty of it too. I'm like, why don't I just fucking do it? I already know the answer. Like, who am I waiting for? Yeah. I don't need a permission slip. It's so true though. Like a lot of guys are. A lot of, again, a lot of, lot of men know the answers they know, but they, they don't, they don't listen to them, to the, to, to it. And yeah, I, I think it's, uh, and 
I just, I just know that for me, man, the vulnerability was the key to freedom in myself and my own life and the healing. And, you know, when, when I was able to, when I, when I hear somebody share, like, you know, Aubrey Marcus is somebody that I've been mentored by and learned a lot from, and I've just learned sharing and being vulnerable is healing. Yeah. Oh man, it's, it is. And it's so powerful. And even listening to somebody share, there's a way to share things from an empowered empowered way versus coming at it from a, a victim mentality. Right. And you see it on social media too. There's a way to share things and there's a way not to, it's like, what am I trying to get from this? Am I trying to get a reaction? Am I trying to stir the pot or am I trying to fucking give somebody some value to walk away with. And there's a difference, right? When you share, because you're going share from a place where you can actually help somebody versus like, I'm sharing because I want a pity party is a totally different thing. Right. So there's definitely got a, there's, there's a distinction between the two. It's like, it's not about looking for pity. It's about sharing something that could potentially really help somebody that could relate to. Right. And I just think there's a lot of that shit on, on there. I think people get it mis- mistaken for like, oh, if I share, then I'm just like, I don't know. I just see it. I see it a lot too. There's certain people that share things on social media and it's like, what do you, what's your goal of this? Is this like to like, I don't know. You know what okay. I mean? Like, it's like, you got to think about that too. Like before you share, like, what is, what what is the, what is this going to do? Like, what am I, what's my purpose of this? And I try and think about that when I do posts too. Like, do I want to get a bunch of people feeling sorry for me? Do I want to like inspire people to think different? Right. So yeah, I I think it's very important. Uh, I love that brother. Well, I mean, dude, you and I could talk forever, I think on this stuff. And uh, as we're wrapping up here, man, I want to give you, um, number one, I want to give you so much respect for what you're doing and how you're showing up. I know that adversity is not something that's completely overcome in your life. I know that you still go through stuff. And I know, especially right now, what's going on in your home country, things are kind of a, a struggle right now in in everybody's life that is Canadian, um, but I appreciate your voice and what you're doing. And if you can share with everybody what you got going on right now, how we can find you and how can we, how can we get in your ecosystem, bro? Yeah, I appreciate it, dude. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I can't wait to have you on my show. Um, I might have to think of some questions to fuck with you a bit just to get you going. <laughs> no, I really do. Hell yeah. I, I fucking appreciate you, dude. I, um, I'm, I'm so glad we connected. You're a, you're a fucking great dude. And I'm, yeah. So I appreciate you. Um, yeah, we, I would just say, go check out university of diversity podcast. I always appreciate you guys. If you leave a review on Apple, you know, screenshot it in, in the stories and, uh, yeah, find me on Instagram, Lance.ecos, all the website and everything is all in there. And to keep a lookout for mastering adversity, Unlock the warrior within and turn your biggest struggles into your greatest gifts. That's coming out at the end of spring. So yeah, it's uh, uh, lots happening and yeah, it's easy to find all on Instagram, the old IG.
Yeah, I love it, brother. And we'll put everything into the show notes. So if anybody missed anything, make sure you guys look at the show notes, catch all that stuff. And then obviously on my social media, we'll be promoting Lance's book once it comes out. So keep an eye out on both of our IGs and everything on that so we can get you guys locked into getting his new book being released this spring. Brother, I appreciate you. Uh, can't wait till we get to hang out in person, hopefully in Costa Rica sometime soon. Yes. Um, or Mexico, right? Or Mexico, because that's where you are right now. Yeah, bro. This year for sure. We'll make it happen, dude. This is, yeah, I can't wait. And I can't wait to have like in-person conversations about this stuff because this is, this is what lights me up, bro. So I can't wait. Uh, I love it, brother. Well, awesome, man. Thank you so much. And uh, your final question before we hop off real quick is, what does the art of masculinity mean to you? It means a complete and total balance of masculinity and being able to master that is the key to how we get out of this fucking craziness in the world right now is we have to have a balance. And I think that it's an art and it's a practice. And I think the more conversations we have around this, the more awareness that's created and that's how we can change the world. Mm, I love that brother. Thank you for sharing. Oh, Thank you. appreciate you. And to everybody listening, as always remember to drop the ego and stay humble until next time. guys. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109.